0: When you determine I'm moving to the next level, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to leave everything behind me. I'm going to take a step out of what's been comfortable. I'm going to move into what God has for me. You don't live according to what you see. You don't live according to what you feel. You live according to what the Spirit of God has placed inside of you. And so if I'm trying to get to a new level, then I have to begin to think and hear differently. I gotta begin to see differently. My life as I know it has to change. Good morning, TGP. Let's worship the Lord together today. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence today, Lord. All across our homes, we worship you, Lord. We want to declare that you are good. You're a faithful father today. We worship you, Lord.
1: From every mountain top, your goodness knows no bounds, your goodness never stops. About. anywhere close to you
0: that ain't going through a hard time, but a victory is right there with you. Come on, say I'm victorious. Come on, say I'm victorious. Hallelujah. We worship your father. We thank you for victory this morning. Hallelujah. serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Come on, declare that my God, come on. Yes, my God will never fail. I'm going to see
1: a victory. I'm going to see you. morning For the battle to you. Yes it does there's
0: power Let's declare this morning there's power in the mighty name of Jesus There's power in the mighty name of Jesus
1: I know how this story. Come on, declare it today. I know. Yes, I know how this story. Is. I'm going to see. Come on. I'm gonna Come on, prophesy over your situation today. Oh, situation I'm gonna to you
0: worship you, Lord. We declare you good. Your mercy never For joining us today in our worship service. God bless you. Thanks again for being a part of of our Sunday gathering. I know uh, doing online is a little different and sometimes it is even a little uncomfortable for some people, but thank you so much for putting forth the effort to join us here today online. I want to uh, give us an opportunity to sow uh, a seed into the kingdom of God today. You know, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at that proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I want to encourage you today. I know we've been going through some ups and some downs, but you know what? The Lord is still on his throne. The Lord is still so good. And uh, I believe we're in the other translation that says in due season. I believe we are in a due season and God is moving. He's doing great and powerful, wonderful things among us. So get excited. It's a great day to be living. And um, we want to give you today an opportunity to sow a seed today. All you have to do is text the word give to 936-261-8142. The graphic will be on your screen. Thank you so much for uh, giving to the kingdom of God. You can also give uh, online at tgp.church forward slash give. Again, thank you guys so much for sowing seed. I do want to make one quick announcement regarding our gather groups. Those kicked off this past uh, Monday and we're having just a wonderful time. We want to invite everybody that's part of our church family and those that would like to be a part of a group to belong to something. Maybe you're feeling a little lonely or isolated and you want to be a part of a group. We have groups for men, women, and young adults. We'd love for you to join us. Just visit tgp.church forward slash groups and all the information is there. The women meet on Monday, men Tuesday, young adults on Thursday. And so get involved, get plugged in. God is moving through our groups. Again, thank you so much for being a part of our worship service. We love you. I want to take this opportunity to go ahead and pray for our giving at this time. Father, we thank you that you give seed to the sower. That, Father, you went to the cross. You took poverty and lack. You took bad finances on the cross so that we wouldn't have to deal with it, so that we wouldn't have to fight uh, the enemy of, of, of poverty. So, Father, we just thank you. We declare victory. Over our finances today, we declare victory over our homes today and our families. Father, we thank you that you that you are you are providing seed, you're providing resources, you're providing money to people, you're opening doors, you're you're giving people new jobs, giving people new uh, resources, even bonuses. God, we thank you for it. We declare that you're good and your goodness never fails. In Jesus' name, Amen. Again, thank you. So much for being part of our worship service today. Remember, this coming Sunday, July nineteenth, we're going to be back in person here in the sanctuary. We can't wait to see Place. you. Thank well, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks since our anniversary. We've been talking about revival hubs, and and many of you that have been with me for a long time have heard me speak on that um, along those those lines of of thinking. Um, but the Lord is giving me a different perspective of a revival hub and. I'm going to continue that today, and I hope this is encouraging. I hope that the last few weeks, those of you that are with us, that are part of our church family, I hope you are giving you a little bit more direction and perspective of who we are and how we've evolved into who we are today as a church family. Um, and today's message is going to be a little different. It's going to kind of be a, a review of all three messages, and honestly, it's kind of a review over everything we've been talking about since we returned on um May 31st on that first Sunday, we came back from the COVID situation. And so it's kind of a review and it's some things I'm going to say might be, um, you've heard them already, bear with me. Uh, We're going to get to some new stuff here in a moment. But the Lord gave me a few different titles of this week of today's message. He talked about the reformation of the church and breaking barriers. And then I thought of breaking out of religious barriers and embracing change. And uh, you know, change is. Um, I've said it before. Change is isn't easy. Change is uh, difficult, extremely difficult, especially for folks who don't like change. It makes them feel uncomfortable and uh, gets them anxious. And I've been there, done that. I know what that's like. And but, but in this season that we've been in, through since uh, what is a March, we've seen so much change in America and in the global church. And um, you know, um, people ask me all the time, Pastor, do you think? We're going to wear a mask the rest of the days of our lives, and the answer is no. I don't believe I don't believe God intends for us to to wear a mask all the days of our lives. Um, and so I, that that is not our new normal. Many of you guys remember me preaching uh, during uh, COVID uh, the sermon called New Normal, and I spoke uh, candidly and said that is not the new normal. And so I just want to encourage those that are watching today uh, that feel isolated, feel alone because you can't get out of your house. Maybe you're quarantined. I know a lot of people that I know. Uh, are quarantined and uh, are fighting different ailments. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to encourage you and let you know that you're not alone. God is with you. We're here. We're praying for you. And uh, you're going to get through this. And uh, all is going to be well. Put that in the comments down in the bottom of the screen. All is going to be well. And I believe that with all my heart. And so as I, be, I as I was putting this message together uh, this week, <clears throat> I had a lot of memories come back from when I first began, when we first started our church and a lot of great things that happened over the course of our journey. And, and the Lord said, it's all it's been good. There's a lot of, a lot of good that has been accomplished. And, but the Lord said, there's more. There's more for us to do. There's more work to be done. And by God's grace, we're going to do it together as a church family. But he told me to go and to, to d- define the word reform, to define the word reformer, and then to define the word barrier and I'm going to give you those three definitions the word reform means to make changes in order to improve something the word reformer means it's a person who makes changes to something in order to improve and to improve it the word barrier means it's a fence or an obstacle that prevents movement or access it's a fence or an other obstacle that prevents movement or access Jesus isn't going to come back for a church that's powerless, a church that's scared, a church that's um, worried and anxious about what's going on around them. He's not coming back for a powerless church. He's not coming back for a uh, bruised church. He's not coming back for a a, uh, fake church. He's coming back for a church full of power. He's coming back for a church without blemish, without spot without wrinkle. The world around us today wants to see the church of the living God become silent. They want the church to uh, hide out in their basements and in their cellars. They, they want the church to close their mouth. They want the church to go somewhere else. They want the church to not exist any longer. They want us in our homes hunkered down in fear. Jesus' purpose on earth was to disrupt religious systems, to disrupt the normal, if you will, to disrupt what the political establishment of his day uh, thought was right, thought was true. Jesus came to break people out of bondage, came to break people out of cycles and trauma and and, and guilt and worry and anxiety. Jesus came to, to bring life. His primary purpose was to seek that which was lost, to heal the sick, raise the dead, and to announce freedom to those in bondage. Nothing that Jesus ever did on this earth was passive. Nothing that Jesus ever did on this earth was in arrogance. Nothing that he ever did in this, on this earth, everything that he did on this earth was to bring glory to his Father. In heaven, Jesus moved with great power and great authority. Like our day, in Jesus' day, there were controversies, there were politics, uh, there were some folks who supported a particular leader, and there were other people who supported another leader. Then you had the Pharisees who were trying to keep their power. In, in order for them to keep their power, they didn't care what they had to do to keep it. They just did whatever. So when Jesus came onto the scene and started performing miracles, baptizing people, and gaining influence, he represented a threat to the religious and political establishment of his day. You see, this religious system had lost the heart of the father in pursuit of building uh, their own kingdom of ideology and opinion. So Jesus comes in glory and in power. He shows up as a reformer. And he comes knowing he was sent by his father in heaven to bring reformation to a system that's lost its focus. Now stay with me because I'm going somewhere. In Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, I'm going to read it here in a moment. Uh, We see Jesus, and he's dealing with uh, the multitude. So let's go there together, Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 24. And it says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him. Now you got to understand something. Jairus was a religious leader. He was the ruler of the day. He was the leader of the synagogue in Capernaum. He, a ruler in that day was an official appointed by the elders to look after the church built, to look, at, look after the temple, to look at, after its contents, uh, to and, uh, to structure the worship. It, it, he was like the pastor of the synagogue. And Jairus comes to the reformer. Jairus comes to Jesus, the prophet. He comes to the Messiah and, and, and says here, uh, we got to also remember, before I get too ahead, ahead of myself, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Argued with and falsely accused Jesus. But here's Jairus. Jairus should be on the side, shouldn't be on the, on the, on the side of folk that, that stayed away from Jesus because Jesus was, was coming uh, to change, if you will, the system. He was coming to, uh, to bring life, to bring uh, a power, another level of authority into a religious influence, sphere of influence. But here's Jairus, a synagogue leader coming to the controversial prophet. Jairus was different. He was willing to move outside of his religious barrier, religious box. And Jairus not only sought the manifest power of God, but he put a value on the presence of God. He wanted Jesus to come to his house. So Jairus invited the king of kings, into his dwelling place. So here we see this leader, this synagogue religious leader, breaking the rules, breaking uh, tradition, breaking a container. So Jesus comes to Jairus' house. Jesus sees uh, the weeping. He hears the wailing. He walks in the door. And says this. He asks a question. What are y'all doing? Why are you weeping? Why are you are you wailing? This girl is not dead. She's only asleep. And these people laughed in Jesus's face. So Jesus says, "All right, you're gonna laugh. I'm gonna kick you out." He told them, "Get out of here. Get out of the house." He grabs the girl's parents and those the disciples that are with him, and he enters the room where the girl is laying. And Jesus takes the girl by the hand and says to her, little girl, I tell you, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked, and they were all greatly astonished, the Bible says. But number one, I want to just, I just want to give a few nuggets to you this morning. I want to give you a few nuggets and say, Jesus looked beyond the natural and into another dimension, and Jesus saw life. Jesus saw something different. Jesus saw a different perspective. So let me ask you today: What are you looking at? What are you listening to? What kind of perspective are you looking at? What are you looking at the Father's perspective, or are you looking at from your perspective? There's a big difference between perspectives. If you're always listening to negativity, you're going to be negative. But if you begin to understand and understand how the how Christ operates you'll begin to understand that Christ's perspective is the greater perspective, and you have to tap into a dimension that you may not understand and that you may not always agree with, but I can tell you today from experience that Christ's perspective is always the better perspective. Put that in the comments this morning, that Christ's perspective is always the better perspective. And so Jesus looked beyond the natural, and he saw into another dimension, and he saw life, and he spoke. Life into existence. Come on, somebody! And number two, Jesus declared what he saw. And so I believe that God is saying to us today, to you and me, to America today: Look into another dimension. In other words, change your perspective. Quit looking at COVID nineteen like a setback. Quit looking at your financial problem like a setback. Quit looking at a, a disease like a setback. Quit looking at a prodigal's sons and daughters as a setback. Look into the dimension of the spirit and see from the Christ perspective that he, when he steps in, everything changes. If he would not have walked through the door, if Jairus was not, would not have uh, went to Jesus and said, I need help. I need you to come to my house. I need you to help me change this situation. And and if Jesus would not have well, obeyed the prompting of the Holy Spirit, then he would, then then the girl would have lied, asleep, lied uh, asleep dead. But no, they followed a different perspective. Jesus saw into a, a different dimension. I believe the bride of Christ is moving into her finest hour. No, we don't have it all figured out. And no, we certainly uh, need we need uh, to do some things to, to uh, heal some areas and and we need to fix some things. But let me tell you, the bride of Christ is getting polished. The bride of Christ is going through change and, tra- and transition. But the good news is Jesus is still on the throne. God is still moving in our worship services. He's still moving in your life. And God is releasing boldness to those today who will receive it. God is releasing a greater level of faith to those who will receive it. Can you imagine for a moment how crazy it must have been for those who were at Jairus' house? The family looking at a, a cold, dead body Jesus walks in and boldly declares she ain't dead and kicks them all out of the room. May I suggest to you that Jairus' daughter represents today's church that's been dead and asleep for so long, but Jesus is saying, hey, guess what? I'm bringing life. I see you in a different, I, I love what Kim Clement used to say, I'm somewhere in the future and I look much better than I look right now. And God is saying to his body today, I see you in the future and you look much better than you look right now. So get excited, get ready for God says, I'm coming in like a strong wind, like a a tempest blast, the book of Acts says, and I'm coming and I'm blowing my presence and I'm blowing my spirit upon you again, be ready to receive it. So this, this family sees their little uh, cousin, their daughter, whatever she was to them. in a dead state. But Jesus walks in and says, baby arise. She gets up and she walks. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that God is still saying arise. God is still saying arise for your light has come. I want to look at Mark chapter five, put it in your notes there, Mark chapter five. And I realize I'm going a little quick today, but I want you to get the entire message. Mark chapter five, verse number 25. And you've heard this story, if you're in church, any part of your life, you've heard this story taught and preached. But verse 25 says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And in verse 30, it says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, master, you see the multitude. How can you say who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and and told him the whole truth. In verse 34, and he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, a few things to note today. Number one, she had an issue for 12 years. How many of us have had issues for 12 years, 30 years? Hallelujah. Number two, she had suffered many things from many physicians. The very people who were supposed to help her, the very system that was supposed to help her couldn't do anything for her, didn't do anything for her. And she suffered, the Bible says, many things. Number three, and she had spent all that she had and was no better, but was growing worse. But she gets a revelation. I want you to say that I'm gonna get a revelation. She hears that Jesus is coming to town and she says if only i can touch just a, just a, a, a piece a portion of his garment i know he's going to touch me i know he's going to heal me i know i'm going to be made well so she has to make a decision she can either uh, let her issue dictate her life or she can arise and go see jesus so she decides it's time to get up and it's time to do something she decides it's time to get up and it's time to get going so she makes her way through the crowd, and maybe people are pushing her. People are, are are throwing. Maybe people are trying to push her out of the way. Let me see Jesus. But here she comes with her issues, with her baggage, with people pointing at her and pushing on her, and here she comes. But she comes up behind Jesus, the Bible says, and just, just touches the fringe of his garment. And Mark 5, 29 says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that something changed, something happened. She realizes that just one moment in God's presence, everything changes. One defining moment, ladies and gentlemen, one defining moment in his manifest presence changes everything. And Jesus says, what daughter, your faith has made you well. Why did Jesus say that? It's because she made a decision but I'm not going to let my issue dictate me any longer. I'm not going to let my problems, my baggage, the, the things around me. I'm not going to allow this situation to to uh, bother me, to control me, to dictate me any longer. I'm going to do something. I'm going to get out of this box. I'm going to get away from this barrier. I'm going to get out of way, get out of this fence of control and manipulation and domination. And I'm going to go and meet Jesus. Because she acted on her faith, because she stepped out, because she decided to forget the past and to reach out to her future, because she didn't allow the crowd to intimidate her, because, daughter of your faith, you are healed. Isn't that so good? Just like our Jesus. And may I suggest to you this, to this day that I strongly believe that God is saying to his bride, to his people, today that it's time. It's time to act upon your faith. It's time to reach out to your future, to Christ, to the father, to father God and say, you know what? I'm leaving my past behind. I'm getting out of my container and I'm moving forward. Luke chapter seven, verse 36. We're going to go to Luke chapter seven. And as you're turning. I want to say that this is the time to do what this woman did. It's time to forget the past. It's time to forget about the injustices that we've been dealt and it's time to reach out to Jesus. Luke chapter 7 verse 36 and then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat and behold a woman in the city who was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with oil. And now when the Pharisee who invited Jesus saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And in verse 40, Jesus answers and says, Simon, I've got something to tell you. Verse 41, and there was a certain creditor, Jesus talking, there was a certain creditor, who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had had nothing with which to pay, he freely forgave them both. And Jesus says, tell me, therefore, which of them will love more? And Simon said, well, I suppose the one whom forgave more. And Jesus said, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? He says, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this? who even forgives sins. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, I read that because, because I love it, because here, Jesus, remember I said Jesus was a reformer? Here, here we see Jesus, and he's at this Pharisee's house and hanging out, chilling. The Bible says he was relaxing at the table. And I can see Jesus relaxing, probably, you know, leaning back in the chair. And this woman comes in, a known sinner, walks through the door, not invited, remind you, not invited, not invited. Because they knew, they judged her. And she walks and she, and she begins to worship Jesus. Now, now, why do I bring that out? Because Jesus, remember I said Jesus comes to reform. Jesus comes to change uh, 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 systems. Let me tell you something. You, when you're involved in church all of your life, you become accustomed to systems, religious systems, you, and, and, and to be honest with you, friends, religious systems turn into political systems. They turn into political establishments because then you start playing politics in church. I've been there, done that, seen it. And 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 Jesus didn't come to save a political establishment. He came to save a people. And God is saying in this season, and I know there's many pastors, many leaders that are going to watch me today. And I'm going to tell you today, friends, God is, God is saying in the middle of COVID-19, are you willing? to step out of your container? Are you willing to step out of your box? Hallelujah. And try something different. The Lord says, I'm bringing reformation and change to the establishment that you call church. And so I want to encourage you leader. I want to encourage you pastor. I want to encourage you people of God, that God is bringing change and we need to be ready for it. Come on, say that in the comments. I'm ready for change. And God ain't only going to bring change to to a religious uh, system, but he's going to bring change to your life. Many of you that are watching me this morning, today, are going through something. You're going through hell, and God has sent me here today to let you know that he sees you, that he hears you, and he is bringing change to your situation. One moment in the God, in my presence, says the Lord, everything happens has to change in God's presence. And if you'll take a moment today, and if you'll begin to invite the Holy Spirit into wherever you're watching this right now, God is going to be changing. God is going to begin working on your behalf. Hallelujah. He wants to change your situation. He wants to make things all new. He wants to bring his presence and his power and his glory into your area. But what do all of these people have in common this this morning? They broke the rules. They broke containers. They broke barriers. They broke uh, rules that the religious put around them. They broke barriers that their maybe their family put around them. Jairus broke the barrier of religion, which broke death off of his daughter. What does that represent, Pastor John? That represents a, 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 a religious leader going to the reformer and says, I can't do it within a religious system. I need the power of God to step into this system and break a spirit of death off of the next generation. Number two, the woman with the issue of blood broke the barrier of her circumstance. She could have said, you know what? I'm going to live in this container this, uh, <clears throat> disease container, this container full of, of, of mistrust, maybe, maybe, uh, poor decisions, maybe, maybe whatever, whatever caused this situation. I'm going to live here the rest of my life and nobody cares about me anyway. I'm just going to sit here and die. But no, this woman decides I'm going to give Jesus a, an opportunity. I'm going to invite the reformer to change me. She broke the box, the barrier of her circumstance. And now we have this sinful woman who comes into this house, breaks an alabaster container and begins to worship Jesus. So she breaks the barrier of intimidation and the fear of man, breaks the barrier, the box of intimidation and the fear of man. So what do I get out of that awesome story today? The woman in the middle of a moment